there. This is Brittany. Thank you so much for listening and joining. I'm so grateful that you are here. Um, this is She's Dressed for the Narrow Gate, and we are jumping into another episode talking about the fruits of the Spirit. This is the third one that we're going to be discussing, talking about joy today. We have already done faithfulness and, and peace, so if you didn't get a chance to, to listen to those, I'd love for you to, to get caught up in and to listen. So today is joy, and as I mentioned before, not this is not biblical order. So it's found in Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, and it's, it's in opposition to the fruits of the flesh, which are noted in verses 20 through 21. And essentially what's going on here is, is we are always deciding minute by minute sometimes and second by second that it is, it's got to be, it's nothing passive. It's just not going to be, oh, I just hope one day I can just stumble on some patience. It is an intentional decision. It is an intentional choice to decide to walk in the fruits of the spirit or to walk in the fruits of the flesh. And it's important to realize that each come with their their powers. And the powers of the Holy Spirit come from the Holy Spirit himself. And the Holy Spirit has deposited you if you are a believer. So let me pause here. If you're not a believer, I pray that you make a decision to that will, that is going to ultimately change your, your life. It is going to change your eternity. And Jesus is crazy about you. He loves you so much. And he wants you to accept him as Lord and personal Savior. And with that acceptance, he is going to uh, leave you with the Holy Spirit inside of you, who is also God, fully God. So the Holy Spirit is then going to be inside of your heart and comes with these nine fruits of the spirit. And with those, there are these little seeds. So they're, they're going to have to grow and they're going to have to mature. And that is going to be done in the different life settings that we are given the opportunity and, and afforded the ability to, to grow. And, and honestly, with growth comes discomfort. So it's not a skip and just on the yellow brick road that Accepting Jesus does not then mean that your problems are done tomorrow or that they're going to be completely better next week or that every relationship strain and um, is, is just completely fixed and life is just perfect. That's not what Jesus is promising. He is promising his empowerment and he is promising his peace and he is promising his joy and he's promising you a life in, of eternity. And for the believer, we can suppress these and, and these can sometimes feel like, man, where is joy where, you know, the circumstances just seem to have like squashed every bit of my joy and my peace and my patience is gone, right? So we have to just make sure we're holding these thoughts captive and that we are allowing the Holy Spirit to be our empowerment. We don't get to muster up joy. Joy is not happiness. That's different. That's an emotion. And, and I know, I don't know about you, but I used to, I used to, you know, affix those together that, oh, well, I'm happy. So therefore I'm joyful. And it's like, no, that that's actually not the same thing. They may look the same thing because maybe the person is smiling or just bring so much joy and love and warmth to the room. And, but you have no idea what's going on within their spirit. They may have like zero joy. Really. They may have like no peace. 
And that's just their way of trying to cope through um, their their issues. So there is something different. It's also to that point, it's also not temperament because there are some people I think of like the one of the personality assessments is uh, the Enneagram test. And like my mom, for instance, is a seven, a high seven. She comes into the room, the room lights up. It's just on and popping. She is just, you know, and she's a high, a high eye too on the disc assessment personality. So, so she just comes with so much energy, so much energy, so much love. And, and you almost want to say joy. Now, I know that my mother, you know, has joy, but what if you didn't know my mom? You'd be like, oh, she's such a joyful person. But you don't know that. That's her temperament. Like she literally is at that level all day, every day. That's that's just my mom. So what is joy then? If it's not, if, if we're starting with what it's not, then what is it? And where do you go find it? How do you how do you gather it and keep it as your own? So um, we have Christ's joy. That's where our joy comes from. Our joy comes from Christ. It's it's in Him. So John 15. If you turn there, and we talk a lot about John 15. I know <clears throat> in prior episodes because it's so good and it's such a good visual. Um, if you're anything like a um, visual learner like like me, where I just think about okay, I, I can see this. A tree, branches, leaves, it's healthy. Branch, falling off of the tree, it's dead, it's, it's, it's dying. Or grapevine, these grapes look so great, they taste great. This other one, little one that's all mush, mushy and nasty and it's, and it's, and it's withering, um, it's apart from the, its vine. It's, it's apart from its life source. It's apart from its nourishment. And that's us. That's us. So if we're not connected, if we're not abiding, if we're not remaining within Christ, then we have no life source. We're really just running on our own fumes. We're really running on. That's what that's how you get on the hamster wheel trying to achieve, achieve, achieve or get, 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 because you really have no um, fuel that's that's coming from within you. Right. It's and and it's not anchored into anything. So John 15, um, starting in verse 10, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy, again, this is Christ talking, my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be complete so that his joy is in us. And because his joy is in us, our joy can be complete. So see, we need his joy to be within us in order for us to even grow our joy to be complete. So Christ is like that missing. Have you ever tried to put together a puzzle piece? And it's never like the one outside piece that you can be like, okay, you can really see it's on the outside. It's like one of the middle ones. It's like, where, who got this piece? And I'm a big puzzle person in my, in trying to find a spot that, that my youngest child won't mess with my puzzle pieces. It's just, and then now my, one of my dogs will eat it. Um, so essentially this ultimate maturation of our joy it starts in Christ 
and it's come it's constantly fed and made complete in full through Christ. So it's almost like Christ is like, I need you to prime away, pull away, prime away your joy from your circumstances. So that's how you get the the inexplicable ability to have joy, not fake joy, not fake social media posts, not smiling through, through like gritted teeth, real joy in the midst of grieving, real joy in the midst of disappointment, real joy in the midst of fear and anxiety. That's where you get something that's just, it just makes no sense because it's, it's in Christ. That's, that's why. So he wants us to prime away our joy being fickle, essentially, from, from the ups and downs of life, ups and downs of the circumstance in our relationship. That's ultimately where we need to get to. So in order to get there, then um, the sub- understanding the substance of our joy is, is in our faith in Christ. So as a believer, we have faith in Christ which creates our hope for what is to come. So our hope as a believer is not here. Our hope is we have, we have these things that we love here, these relationships we love, and we love that we can just continue to keep spreading the gospel and living our lives. But at the end of the day, our hope is not here. Our hope is in what is to come. And how do I know what's to come? It's through my faith in Christ Jesus. So because of that whole cascade of events, I have joy. So that's how I can rip away my joy from my circumstance because my joy is rooted in something that that my faith is is rooted in. So it's turned with me to um, 1 Peter chapter 1. I actually marked it on my Bible. I can turn there easily. But first, Peter chapter one. It'll it'll make it'll make sense. So first Peter chapter one, we'll start in verse six. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perish which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. There's that word joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. So this unshakable root, this unshakable life source, I don't care how much that, that grape, uh, you know, the, if, if the vine is start shaking and as long as those, those grapes are hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, they're going to still keep growing, shaking, 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 you know, they're going to still keep growing no matter how much of a windstorm 
and a, and a thunderstorm that happens outside, the, the, the branches that remain connected to that tree are fine and secure. Now, the ones that didn't hang on too tight and that are going to be on the ground, they're going to end up dying because they did not remain rooted and connected to that unshakable source. So going back, though, to verse six, it says in all this, this is why context is just massive because <clears throat> verses before, just for sake of time, I don't but read it, but for the sake of time, I'll paraphrase. So and it says in all of this, in all of what you have to ask yourself, like in all of what? What is it, Jesus? And um, well, this is Peter talking, but what in all of what? In all of the faith that we have in Christ's resurrection. So it's talking about that we have this inheritance. So imagine you have this, this rich family member that passed away that you didn't even know was alive. And all of a sudden you have an inheritance check in your, in your mailbox. You're going to be flipping out, right? And you didn't even know them. But you now, so you've had that inheritance this whole time. It's been planned for you. They planned it for you, obviously, because it ended up at your door. You didn't, you just didn't know about it. So you have this inheritance that you can't see. It's not tangible. Can't see it, can't smell it, can't touch it, but it's in heaven. And why is it in heaven? Because Christ came and died for you. And he and he and his resurrection yielded your ability to have this life of overflow in him for everything. So that's what in all of this, you greatly rejoice. That's why you can rejoice. You know, Paul even talks about in First Thessalonians 5 that rejoice always, pray continually, have a heart of gratitude. Why? Because this is God's will for your life. He also says in Philippians 4, 4, to rejoice in the Lord always. How can you, and he wrote that in jail. How are you rejoicing, Paul, in jail? How, how does that work? So how can you rejoice in these circumstances that just don't make any sense? Because our hope, our hope is tied to something bigger and it's in heaven. It's not here. So even though we do have to walk through these deep valleys and even though we have to be disappointed and hurt by people and even though we have to go through some very tough times while we're here on earth, this is not our hope. Our hope, our substance is anchored in Christ, which is unshakable. And, and, it's in, and we have this inheritance waiting for us in heaven. And, and that's why, it's, it's going back here um, to verse 8, and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith. The end result of your faith is that we are saved. I know that if I go outside tomorrow and, and, and get hit by a bus, I know that I, I am in heaven and that I have the end result now. I am there. I am with, I am with Jesus. Now, it's not meant to be just like, oh, dire and, and gloomy. That's, that's not what this is about. This is about, listen, there is nothing here on earth that can pale in comparison to what is going to come next. So I, you know, to that point, I, I think of also um, John uh, 10, 
uh, talks about, uh, so the devil, he's come to steal and to kill and, and to destroy. And he wants to wreak havoc in your life. And, and he, for those who are believers, um, yes, John 10, John 10, Jesus is talking about, you know, he's a good shepherd. His, his sheep hear his voice. But, but John 10, 10 verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, not halfway, not a quarter way, to the full. But what has the devil come to do? To steal and to kill and to destroy. And if you are truly a believer, your salvation is secure. He can't get that. He knows that. So instead, what is he going to do? He's going to try to steal your peace. He's going to steal your joy. So that then you won't walk in faithfulness, obedience to God because, well, God, you, you know, where are you? I've gone through so many seasons in my life. Like, God, where are you? Like, can you just kind of like somewhat show up, even to show up and tell me like a no, just so I know that it's like a definite, just give me some obvious, just obvious sign. Like, even if you're just, you know, telling me not what I want to hear, I just want, I just need you, God. You just feel absent. You feel, you, you are silent right now. I don't know if you've ever gone through any of those seasons. And, and, and it's almost like that joy can just become quenched and your peace is just, it, it seems like it's gone from you, right? And we have to be careful that, again, we're priming our way, we're pulling away our hope, our faith, our joy, everything in the result of what we want. So in these circumstances that we want, in these achievements that we want, because if they're taken away, is, does your joy go with it? If you lose everything, does, does your joy go with it? Is God still on the throne? Is he still Lord of your life? Um, and our salvation, again, I just want to say, is secure in him if you are a believer. But that doesn't mean that you can't still go through trials. And that doesn't mean that you still, still won't be pushed the brink of asking yourself, Jesus, where are you? You, 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 you seem absent in my life. And actually, um, the next chapter over in John talks a little bit about this in, in John 11, the story of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. So um, brothers, a brother and um, two sisters. And, and the Bible notes how much Jesus loved them. Love, love, love them. And Lazarus gets sick. And Mary and Martha send word to Jesus. He's away teaching and, and healing people. And, and they send a word to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, Lazarus. Well, they didn't say Lazarus. They said the one you love is sick. So that's how you know that he loves him. Because like if somebody gave me that message, I'm immediately starting about my, my husband, my kids, my, my sisters, my parents, right? So the one you love is sick. And, you know, you the rest of the disciples are all like, oh, let's go, let's go. And Jesus is like, oh, I see. We, we. And go ahead and turn your, your chapter to, uh, to 10. And we're going to keep on going. He was doing something different than what they expected. And, I'm, and he knew Mary and Martha were going to be angry at him and disappointed at him and not understanding and that, that's why Martha confronted him that when he finally, four days later, came to Bethany after Lazarus had already died, 
you know, the very first thing she said was, where, basically, where are you? Like, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, then Lazarus would have been okay. If you had been here, my life could have been better. Right? I, I don't know if you ever ask or say it, maybe say it a little bit differently. But if you had been here. And see, they didn't even know what Jesus was doing. He was doing that intentionally. He did resurrect and, and cause Lazarus to, to come to life. But he did it in such a way that had never been done. Four days later, you you raised somebody from the dead. So he was doing something bigger that they could not have even comprehended if he had told them. But their trust wavered, right? In that time through their grief, which makes sense, which is why through any circumstance, we have to ensure that we are anchored in to our source so that we don't waver and so that we remember that, okay, God, even though you're doing something I don't understand, even though you're allowing something that I don't like, even though it's continuous no's, I'm going to trust you and my joy is going to be complete in you. And I'm going to walk this out with you. So lastly, where I, where I just want to um, read is just um, in the same chapter in John, um, in John 11, this story of, of, of Lazarus. Um, Jesus said, it says, so John 11, verse 40, Jesus says, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believe? So he, uh, this, this, this follows, he raised Lazarus, called Lazarus out of the tomb, moved the stone away. And I have this, this, this visual in my mind of moving how many things in my life is Jesus trying to move the stone away and call these things out from what was, you know, four days this man was dying and rotting in this tomb and he called that thing out from death to life. Only Jesus can do that. He can, he is the only way that he can call dead things to life and, and renew and restore and to redeem and and listen, it's it's this is not just gonna be this it might sound easier said than done, but Jesus can do it. And and he has done it and he will keep doing it. But I mean, man, have you ever said to yourself, There's no way, this is too far gone. This relationship is just this is impossible. Well, I will never make it beyond where I am professionally. There there is no ever any healing. Or in the person who didn't get healed, we'll see Jesus, where were you? You you didn't come through, right? But remember, we have our joy that is being stretched and made complete in him. And our joy is an expression of our hope through our faith in Christ Jesus. That's our joy. Not in what's here. Our joy is in what is our joy is knowing that we are loved so much, ladies, loved so very much that he came here and died for you. So whether he is doing the thing that you don't understand, whether it's life is going great or um, 
it's just your, you know, anxiety of just trying to carry all of this burden and this weight to keep it all together. He's like, if you would just trust me, if you would just root and connect yourself and ground wire yourself to me, I, I, and only I can give you this joy and can give you this life substance that you cannot find anywhere else. Ladies, thank you so much for listening and joining. I pray that this has truly, truly blessed and encouraged you. That is um, truly my hope for you. Thank you so much.